Hey everybody, welcome to episode 211 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by the best co-host in the land, Mr. Dave Hogue. What's up? Uh, you know, I don't, not a whole lot. Well, I mean, there's a lot up, there's not a lot up, there's, doing all right. All right. Ah, uh, I'm good. I'm good. good. Life is, life is happening, as you say. Yeah. Some things are up, some things are not, but. Uh, it's good. We, we, you know, had a week off um, and we're back and that's exciting. And I still have a lot of episodes to edit, <laughs> but that's okay. So happy to be here with you as always. Yes. So we are in chapter eight of the book Hearing God by Dallas Willard, which is the penultimate chapter before chapter nine. unless of course you count the epilogue but that's like not really a chapter right because it's like five pages long and these other and anyways the point is is we're near the end of the book <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say we're near the end of the book and um you know it's dallas willard so it's good uh the title of this eighth chapter is recognizing the voice of god um, which is an interesting title in the sense that he chose the word recognizing because the book is called hearing God, mm-hmm. but here we're talking about recognizing God. And so um, each chapter before he starts writing, there's been usually, uh, you know, either passages from scripture or quotes from, you know, theologians or authors or pastors or whatnot. But here at the, the beginning of this, he quotes a couple of verses um, across John chapter 10, and it says, The shepherd of the sheep calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And, and we'll get into more of that um in some of the illustrations that he gives later in the chapter, but it's one thing to hear. It's another thing to recognize. And then it's another thing to follow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so why I find this interesting is because when you read a book with the title of hearing God, developing a conversational relationship with God, it's like, Oh, how do I hear his voice? Cause I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest hurdle for so many people is how do I discern what's my voice? What's the enemy? What's culture? What's, you know, what's got, how do, and, and it's about how do I just want to hear God? I just want to hear God. And I don't think many of us even jump to, well, how do I recognize the voice? Mm-hmm. How do I know what's God? And then how in the future do I immediately know what's God because I recognize it? And then out of that hearing and recognition, how do I then follow? Right. And so right. there's, there's this idea that, there's there's hearing and then there's listening too, right? You can tell, or I can tell my daughter, hey, go clean your room. And she can say, okay. But if she doesn't go clean her room, she heard me, but she didn't listen because she didn't mm-hmm. follow through with the action, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, that that whole thought process was going through my brain as we were reading, or as I was reading this chapter, was this idea of hearing listening, recognize, listening slash recognizing, right? And then, and then, and then doing. And, um, that is a whole lot more, uh, intentional, uh, or well-rounded than I had really thought about it up to this point in the book. Cause it was about hearing and being still and, you know, and like, but now it's like, Oh, well, once I hear God's voice, how do I recognize it? Like you and I could hear each other across the room and immediately, oh, that's Dave. Because right. we've known each other for 12 years? Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or you hear your wife's voice or your kid's voice, you know, around the corner you know exactly who it is because you've heard the voice so many times 
you know, you know, the tone, the pitch, the characteristics, the intonation, the, the way people like he talks about that in his, his chapter two. And I'll be honest, none of that had crossed my mind up to this point in this book. And in, and I'll shut up here in a minute, I promise. Um, in, in one of those haha coincidence things, God, uh, is I'm leading Bible study on Sunday night and we're talking about Philip in the Ethiopian in Acts chapter eight, where the spirit says, go down the South road that makes no sense for him to go down. Okay. So he listened and he did, but he recognized the voice and he did what he was asked or told to do. And then he winds up sharing the gospel with this Ethiopian, who's the main treasurer of the queen of, you know, the whole empire down there and is based on some commentaries, the first known true Gentile convert to Christianity in the world. <laughs> and, and, and also in that, he he reads from Isaiah 53 and shares the gospel from the Old Testament with this guy. So like the passage is, is just loaded with all sorts of stuff. And so I'm preparing for this and I'm, okay, how do we hear from God? How do we obey? And the whole like recognizing the voice piece didn't even hit me as I was prepping for the study. And then I read this chapter and I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a whole nother side to this that I hadn't even considered. And so you can see why I'm getting animated <laughs> because it's changing fundamentally how I'm approaching teaching a Bible study on Sunday because Dallas Willard has opened my brain and put a few <laughs> ideas in there. So with that being said, those are my initial thoughts on the chapter. Uh, I'm sorry that took four minutes. Do you have anything you want to add, Dave? <laughs> uh, you know, so it was to me the, the 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 underlying theme was was experiencing. You have to do it. That's where the recognition from. Well, I don't know. If that's a theme. That was <laughs> one of the things that. Uh, it doesn't just happen. Mm -hmm. You know, as you mentioned, we recognize each other because of a long relationship. And I've never really, I've never learned a foreign language. Uh, you know, I've never been. And so that was kind of like one of my first thoughts of just like, it's kind of like thinking about learning language and how do we learn to recognize and all that kind of stuff. And then what just hit me was being a police officer and learning the police radio. <laughs> and which is uh, a language unto itself right it is a language unto itself and even in that it was like like you said like it's it's that whole like you know i know i i listened to like you know if i'm on a shift with guys like i know everybody's voice mm -hmm. and not only do i know everybody's voice but i can tell who's worked up like they're freaked out like they're stressed out i can tell uh, when somebody's pissed off, I can tell, I don't know, am I supposed to say that word? In <laughs> I can tell when they're mad. Um, you know, I, I, you get to know the voices and there's, yep. you know, we use 10 codes, we use a phonetic alphabet. Uh, there's just even the way a call will get dispatched, you know, uh, a shots fired call when it's not a real call, it just has a certain feel to it. Versus when it is a real call, like you, you don't have, you just know, you can tell the yeah. way a call comes in, the information that's coming in and the nuances. And so, um, I, I don't even know that I have a point to all this other than, uh, I think as, as you read this chapter in particular and learning to recognize we all probably have some sort of experience that we can relate that to, mm -hmm. to where if you're, you're only going to truly learn to recognize God's voice by doing what you need to do to recognize God's voice. And I, I, I do think that we spend so much time like, I just want to flip open the Bible and point to a verse. And you know, I, he, Dallas even told that story earlier on, um, <clears throat> But that's just not how God does it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes learning. It takes experience. Yeah. And, and sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to even you saying that 
to recognize God's voice, you need to experience it. Like that is such an unsatisfactory answer for somebody it is. Who, who for someone who just like just tell me how to do it. Like what yeah. are the what's the formula? What's the formula? Yep. Just tell me how to do it, you know? And it's one of those things where and it's this is not um unique to hearing God. Like there's only certain things you can learn by experience. Mm-hmm. Across life, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, there's just some things you have to learn by doing. And that often involves trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I think we assume that wouldn't be the case in a relationship with God because God is God, right? And he doesn't have time for those shenanigans, but that's not correct. Like, read the Bible. He puts mm-hmm. up with a lot of shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> He's incredibly <laughs> yes, patient. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking of that time where he's talking to Abraham, and Abraham's like, well, what if there's 50? Okay, well, what if there's, like, 40 guys in there that are good? And he, like, counts, and I was like, even reading it, you're like, dude, we get it. Just jump to the low number. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, it's, I think there is a certain level of commitment to the relationship that God yeah. desires. And that makes total sense. Who doesn't want someone they're in an intimate relationship with to be equally as committed? Right. It makes total sense. And yet we are like, well, give me the three steps. How do I do this? Can you just download the Bible to my brain like you did Kung Fu to Neo in the Matrix? Because that would be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Imagine the cheap Christian knockoff of that movie. <gasps> Whoa. I know the whole Bible. <laughs> That would be funny. Oh, and it's Kirk Cameron with a shaved head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone please do that for April Fools, please. <laughs> you have so much time. All right. Why do I always derail the show, Dave? That's that's a character flaw. I'm sorry, folks. You're all right. <laughs> all right. So he he asks a question at the end of the very first paragraph in my version at least what mm-hmm. what is it about it the voice that indicates it has a divine source this is the question how do i know what i'm hearing either in my head from the bible from another person is god speaking to me how do i know it mm-hmm. has a div- like this is the base question and I, I read that and I was like, yo, he's just going to answer it on the first page? Like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> the magic bullet, right? Now, incorrect. He's asking the question because it is the question. But then I realized there was 25 pages left in the chapter. So, right, it's just scratching the surface for what we're going to get into um, the rest of this chapter. And so he starts out voice recognition in, in nature is, is the is subject. And it's about, you know, animals recognizing voices, how that's, this is not the only place in the Bible that it's happened, how this is, you know, this is just science that people and animals recognize voices. He gives the example of like the elephant trainer. And then like 15 yep. years later, he calls the elephant over and the elephant still remembers all of the commands, even though it hasn't been in the circus for 15 years. Like we, not only do we recognize voices, we remember them. Hmm. Like, uh, do you do you play Wordle, Dave? I do not. Okay. So there, of course, are a bazillion spinoffs of this game. Mm-hmm. And one of them is called Hurdle. But not the thing you jump over. It's H-E-A-R-D-L-E. And you get, it's a song. And you get one second, then two seconds, then four oh. seconds, then eight seconds, then 16 seconds. And you have to guess the artist and the song. Wow. And it's like the entire Spotify catalog. And it's a different song every day. And it is, for me, I mean, orders of magnitude easier to guess the artist and the song if I can hear the singer. Like, there, mm. there are certain songs where, like, so where you hear a voice versus just the music. Just because it starts the song at the beginning. It doesn't just pick a random 16 seconds. It starts the song from the beginning. And a lot of songs have intros that are longer than 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. And if it's a band that I'm not, like, that I don't know the whole discography for, 
But like right. I know the hits. If I can hear the vocalist, I have such a better chance of at least not only getting the artist, but probably guessing the song based on some of the mm-hmm. lyrics I hear. But if it's just music and it's like generic pop, how am I going to guess that? Yeah. And so I get really frustrated when there's not le- when there, I don't hear a singer because I need <laughs> I I can recognize the voice or I can immediately go I have no idea who that is I've never heard that person before in my life because I don't recognize the voice, right? And there's an application I wasn't expect to make today, but <laughs> it fits right. It's we we recognize and remember voices like you cannot hear, uh, you know, a Dave Matthews Band song for ten years and then the second you hear his voice, you're like, oh, it's Dave. Now, he happens to have a unique voice in that sense, but nonetheless, that's the point. So, voice recognition, done. Man, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm so excited tonight. <laughs> I just spent 45 minutes teaching middle schoolers how to play guitar, so you'd think I would not be this excited. They're good kids, but... Do you want to talk at all about this three lights thing and that they're interdependent? This was a weird section in the chapter because, like, he explained it, then he poo-pooed it, and then he came back and was like, well, actually, it is pretty important. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like it's also been fairly consistent throughout the book. These are These are the three, I mean doesn't apply just to recognition mm-hmm. you know you, we're, we're gonna there's gonna be consistency when we when we're hearing from god yeah and so it's it's not gonna be out of line with scripture it's not gonna be out of line you know yeah so, so these, these three voices just to clue the listener in in case they haven't read yet is our circumstances impressions of the spirit meaning like you know the holy spirit on us, us yeah. teaching us convicting us whatever uh, and then passages of scripture so so the bible the influence of the spirit and what we're going through in life mm-hmm. and he's kind of saying if 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 all three of these sort of line up with um like if it's in line with scripture and it's in line with what the holy spirit says is right it is feeling you and it the circumstance is good like the door is open okay you're probably in a good spot. But then he mm-hmm. talks about how this can be formulaic and people that are looking for a checklist can be like, okay, yes, I want to do this. So the circumstance is good. Uh, it, it, the Bible doesn't say anything for or against this. So yes, it's in line with the bot. you right. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> so that's why he kind of like, he explains it and he's like, well, it's not great because of this tendency for people to, to take. Well, and that's make- it. I, I think it's valid. I just think he's again avoiding that. Don't it shouldn't be a formula, right? And that's so the, the section after it where he kind of comes back and is like, "Well, this is really more helpful after you've gained the experience to recognize God's voice." Right? He's like he goes, "This is essentially this is not a beginner's tool. <laughs> this is something for people that have more experience." And so his concern is that people that are not experienced and don't recognize God's voice readily would take this. And then he's like, to their disappointment, it will not work for them. Yeah. Um, and so the, the section is the conditions of responsible judgment. Um, and I really like this because there are people that will abdicate their responsibility to make decisions in life because, let go and let God, right? Or whatever cliche you want to add. And he says, a life lived by listening to God speaking is not one that excludes our own judgment. Mm-hmm. Listening to God does not make our own decision-making process unnecessary. And I just, you know, it's not an either or, it's a both and, right? You have to make decisions every day. Yep. It's just part of being alive. What yep. are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? You know, how are you going to respond to that jerk? All of those, the the small moment-to-moment decisions and the big ones. Am I going to go to college? Am I going to, what job am I going to apply for? Am I going to date that person? Am I going to marry that person? Are we going to have kids? Am I going to get a really annoying dog that I'll regret getting (laughs) and want my money back? Like all of the big life decisions, right? And we, we can't, 
we can't abdicate our role in making decisions, but we have to be, as he says, responsible in making those decisions by seeking counsel from Scripture, by seeking guidance from the Spirit, by listening to what's going on in our circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Making a responsible decision out of even, he says, even out of humility. Like, we have to humbly go before God and say, like, this is what I think you're saying. I have to make a decision. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm adding as to what he wrote. Now, please tell me if I'm making the right one before I make it right. <laughs> but, like, at some point, you're going to have to make that decision. Yeah. Do you make that move? Do you change jobs? Do you ask that person to marry you? Like all of, you know, or even the little stuff like, I don't know. Do I talk to that person about the gospel? Well, yes, you should, but like, (laughs) right. You know? So it's, I just, I like that he emphasizes listening to God and recognizing his voice and wanting to follow God inherently means that we have to make the decision to follow through. Just like he said, you know, he quoted from John where the sheep follow the shepherd and just like Philip listened to the spirit and went and found that guy from Ethiopia. Like Philip could have heard go and could have been like, yeah, but there's no one down there. I'm out here to spread the gospel. There's plenty of other people in the opposite direction. I'm going to go share the gospel which is a good thing to do with a lot of people, which is way more efficient and effective. But he would have been ignoring the impression of the spirit on him, right? Mm -hmm. Even though what he thought in his mind, or anyone would think, why am I walking down a road where there's literally, there's a deserted city that isn't populated anymore. I'm not going to see people until I get into Egypt, which is a week's long journey when I got these three other cities that are within 50 yeah. miles. But he didn't necessarily listen to his own logic. He took, he let this impression of the spirit dictate what he should do. And then he made a decision to follow that prompting. Right. And lo and behold, boom, first Gentile convert. Right. Can you tell I'm I'm prepping for Bible study on Sunday a little bit there? <laughs> but yeah, I just Dallas never he never lets you get away with lazy Christianity. Like I think of the divine conspiracy, mm-hmm. right? Or the book, the great omission, like the, in the gospel of sin management yeah. and like all the stuff that we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. He always, he always shows the other side of the coin. And that is the practical every day. It's Wednesday at 1230 and you have to make a choice side of things. And he does such a good job of balancing the rich and deep and textured, you know, world universe that is our faith and scripture and God. And he does such a good job of making that understandable. And then also coming with the practical implications of what that looks like. And so he doesn't let people get away with to the best of his ability, right? He can't control people. Right. But in his, in his arguments, he's like, yeah, this, but also this. And this is, you can't have this recognizing God's voice unless you're going to responsibly act it out. Which, you know, golf clap to Dallas. (laughs) Yeah, he says to be responsible in judgment and action is to humbly and fully consider these factors. Take your time to make the right choice. So skipping forward a little bit, there's a, I have a section with the uh, title, the weight of authority. Yeah. And there's, 
a few things in here that really caught my attention. And I was like, oh, this is like, you want some practical advice? Yeah. There's some practical advice here. So he says, the question then is, what are the factors of God's voice that enable us to recognize it as his? And um, further down, he says, we sense inwardly the immediate power of God's voice. And once we have experienced it, we no longer wonder at the biblical phenomena of nature and spirit responding to this divine word. The unquestionable authority with which Jesus spoke to nature, humans, and demons was but a very clear manifestation of this quality of the word of God. And then I want to just read a little bit of this next quote, and then we can can, um, come back to to all of this because it's really good. He's quoting uh, someone named E. Stanley Jones, which I can only imagine what the E is if he chose to go with Stanley. Um, <laughs> but it, it, the quote says, The voice of the subconscious argues with you, tries to convince you, but the inner voice of God does not argue, does not try to convince you. It just speaks, and it is self-authenticating. It has the feel of the voice of God within it. So... I would love to hear your thoughts on this section, Dave, because I have a lot to say, but I <laughs> want to stop talking for a minute. Yeah, so this was probably the part of the book that I enjoyed the most, um, and and partly because I feel like most people are afraid to say this. You know, like I think most pastors, when they're talking from the pulpit and talking about hearing God, uh. And I'm not going to say I've never heard it, but I think there's like an unease of saying there's an authority that comes hearing from God Mm -hmm. and it has a, like, it has a weightiness to it. Um, there is a, like, you don't, when you, when you have those moments of, of hearing God, um, and the authority of him speaking (laughs) to you, uh, it really kind of removes all doubt. And it's not, um, there's kind of an intangible characteristic to it of, you know, it's not an audible voice. It's not, you know, the thunder clap or, you know, the, but there's just kind of this, you know, it's from God and you can't really say why it's from God almost, you know, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I, I, that was, that was kind of, uh, I found it refreshing that he was willing to kind of put this out there and acknowledge that there is a a self-authenticating aspect to when God speaks. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, the part that I want to add to is is the beginning of the quote where it says the voice of the subconscious argues with you tries to convince you right and it's like again i know this to be true never would have thought of it in this context right anytime i'm having a fake argument in my head mm-hmm. that's either 100 percent me or some percent me and some percent the enemy just trying to screw with me right because later in the chapter, he'll talk about the you know recognizing the voice of Satan. Because that's the opposite of this. Like if if right. we, we want to recognize God's voice, well, we better sure learn to recognize the enemy's voice too. Yeah. Um. Because you know he oh is that really what he said? Are you sure? Again, the convincing and the arguing and the twisting and manipulating. That's us. That's also him. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so. As I was reading that, I was just like, oh my gosh, anytime I'm anytime I'm bickering back and forth in my head about a decision, I can be like, well, okay, then God hasn't made it clear yet. Right. Either and, well, either what I'm supposed to do or right. here's a crazy part, maybe God doesn't care about right. which way decision. I make it. Right? Like, and I know that's potentially weird to say, but like does God love us? Yes. Is God intimately active in the lives of people on this planet and working everything towards his end? Yes. Do I think he cares who wins the Lions and Bears game on Sunday? I'm not so sure. Probably not. You know? Now, 
if you want to debate the theology of God caring about sports and, and that sort of stuff, that's a different podcast. But like, I don't know. And maybe I just got fired from a future uh, church that I will be working at when they hear this. But <laughs> I think, I think so many of us get so caught up in, what is God's will for every single minute decision that we just, we don't live. Yeah. We're caught in, you know, what, what old school business guys would be like, that's analysis paralysis. (laughs) All right. Good job. Vanilla ice. You made a rhyme. Um, But again, to what Dallas said earlier, we are responsible to make decisions and to have sound judgment in making those decisions. And I think we need to we need to be in a place where we are confident in what the Bible says, which means you have to read your Bible, you have to study it, you have to listen to people that know it, and then check what they're saying against what the Bible says to make sure that they're actually right. And that they're not spewing nonsense. So do that with us too. Because we're fallible. Yeah. Well, Dave and that's <laughs> Dave Dave thinks we're always right. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't. He doesn't. No, because that's I, I mean, that's one of the things that I have an issue with is I feel like there is a lot of <laughs> nonsense out there. Uh-huh. And I and I feel like there's a lot of things that should be very clear to Christians as to how we should respond to things. Mm-hmm. And yet I consistently consistently see things that I'm like, that does not go at all with what Jesus taught, that what the Bible says, what God wants us to be. And so, so that is, that's a difficult thing for me. And I've just, I hate to be this way, but there's just part of me that is like, we creation is fallen. We mm, live in a sinful yep. world. It's, it's fallen. There, there's a reason why we long for heaven. There's a reason why we long for eternity. And part of that is, is because we keep screwing things up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be much better about giving grace to people when they don't agree with me. <laughs> and I no. think I am right because it's like, that doesn't line with scripture, that sort of thing. But one of the things I, I, I did want to go back to in terms of your just, you know, this, this um, chapter and the authority and is for me, this is not a daily thing when I hear from God. Like I can say there are, there are moments where I have heard from God where it, like it did, it just felt different. It was so clear, like there was no doubt in my mind. And it was like, and as I even think about the few times, well, hopefully it's more than a few times, but the rare occasion where I've had that just clear word from God that just hits me so often. I'm not, it's not while I'm in prayer. It's not while I'm seeking him actively, so to speak, but it has come at moments of being like in a conversation with somebody and I'm, I'm having a conversation with that person. I'm listening to them and boom, you know, like I just Mm -hmm. hear something very clear from God. Uh, sometimes it's, to respond to that person. Sometimes it's just to like, like I get like an understanding of where they're at and I don't need to act on that. I've had it like in traffic, you know, and, and I've even had it be things that like, I wasn't even necessarily looking for an answer for. And in the scheme of things that might've seemed trivial, but I got a very clear, you know, word from God and that is not an everyday thing for, mm-hmm. and I definitely know that it has a different feel to it. Any of those times that I've, that, that has happened, I haven't really ever questioned it. And I can honestly say that when there has been reason or an ability to check that, it's always been correct. So, um, so yeah, I do think there is just that, there is an authority um, in 
the, one of the quotes in that chapter that stood out to me, it says, the first time you receive guidance, you will know the difference. You can mistake rhinestones for diamonds, but you never mistake a diamond for a rhinestone. And that's when I think about those instances, I don't, there was never any of that wavering. There was never any of that going back and forth. It was like, yeah, I just heard from God on that. And um, so, yeah. And I don't know, maybe we should have that experience every day. I don't. Yeah, well, he, he does kind of take his shots at the prosperity gospel in this chapter, which I was applauding him for about. Yeah, if, you know. Basically, if you're preaching, and I, and I don't have it right, it's not coming right in front of me, but if you're preaching, <laughs> uh, I'm totally drawing a blank on what it was. It was like on the tip of my tongue there for a second. Oh, that, that you'll be wealthy and you'll never be sick. And if you're in God's will, everything's going to go good for you. Then you haven't read the Bible and you're a liar. Yeah. That's what that about sums it up. And then he does quote James 3.17, which is such a good verse to remember. The wisdom from above is fierce, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And... That's a pretty good filter to work through your inner thoughts, uh, whether that be, as you said, in a conversation with a person, uh, in a in a delicate situation or a dangerous situation, in your prayer, trying to make a decision either for yourself or with family. Like, are are the thoughts that you have pure and peaceable and gentle? Like, do they do they rep, do they reflect the character of God? In his entirety, did it, did they jive with scripture? Are you mm-hmm. feeling like the spirit is moving you towards something, and it matches with those things? Like these are these are key indicators, right? Yeah, because you know sometimes I, th- I think Dave, you're right. Sometimes there is that diamond moment, like boom, mm-hmm. done, done. But most of the time, I sound like a broken record. We have to make a decision. And it's on us to, with humility, approach the situation with all of what we know about it, what we know about God and his character, what we know about scripture, what we know our experience with the spirit is. And and the, the, key, the key reason why I think humility is so important in this is because, some, not sometimes, a lot of the times the right decision to make is not the one that we want to make or the one that we think is best for us in the short term, right? And so we have to have the humility and also the desire to be with God more than the desire to just take the easy way out. Because oftentimes the easy way out leads to repercussions that were unforeseen at the time of making the decision, right? Mm -hmm. And those repercussions might not come for 40 years. And I know that sounds super dramatic, but like, look, you might think a cigarette, you know, here or there, not a big deal, and then lung cancer. And again, dramatic, but like it happens. That's life. And I don't know. I'm just we have to play a part in our own lives. Yeah, and but in good. I say, but like, but a smart and dedicated and like just think about it like this is our life we get one shot on earth and then we don't get a do-over and that's a we i think as a christian that's a weird way to look at it because eternity right but at the same time and this is where i get so frustrated with myself is like it's just so easy to coast. Oh yeah. <laughs> and to just seek comfort and just laissez faire, you know, and that is not reflective 
of somebody that is pursuing God and is hearing God's voice and recognizing God's voice and then following through, you know, uh, on a regular basis. And that's what frustrates me about myself is like fits and spurts. Oh, 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 I did some really good stuff. Now I'm just going to coast. Yeah. Okay. Time to do more good stuff and then time to coast, you know? And it's, it's a very infuriating situation. Cause I know better. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Old habits, Dave, as they say, old habits. So he talks about, uh, you know, principles that are what count. Like, okay, so there's not a situation in Scripture that perfectly matches your situation. Well, there are these guiding principles that, you know, can help you make a decision, which is important. Then he talks about, uh, I love this, beware the spiritual panacea. I'd look that word (laughs) up. I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what it means. Uh, but it means a it is a cure all a, yeah. a one one thing to solve all the problems the the silver bullet or you know whatever doesn't exist for anything it's just it's myth it's not real it's it's this stupid carrot that gets dangled for some reason and some people buy it and that's how cults get started but whatever uh, talks about the voice of Satan which as we talked about earlier is important to be able to differentiate. From God for obvious reasons. And then the centrality of the Bible. Once again, here's a quote that I really, really liked. Personally, and this I love this coming from someone like Dallas, whom we obviously hold in high regard. And sometimes it's easy to forget that like he was a dude. Really smart dude. <laughs> but like Still a broken individual, right? right? Not perfect. Flawed, as he, as it were. Person, this is him speaking. Personally, I find great comfort and encouragement in the face of my fallibility by maintaining a close relationship with the Bible. It cannot be stressed too much that the permanent address at which the Word of God may be found is the Bible. I love it. For, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know about you, Dave, but like when I screw up and I do some sins, I'm like, I'm just going to go pull an Adam and Eve and go hide in the corner. <laughs> because you can't see me right now. Yeah. Because I did a sin and I feel bad about it because it was wrong and I did it anyways. So I'm just not going to deal with you until I feel better about myself. Yeah. Which is, that's how children react, right? They break the window and they go hide or, you know, whatever. Um, what I love about Dallas's response is he finds great comfort and encouragement even in realizing his own brokenness, being in the presence of it, by maintaining a close relationship with the Bible. <coughs> and that shows me maturity, right? And I know I'm broken. I know I screwed up. I'm not going to let what I did continue to have effect moving forward in the sense that I'm going to maintain a relationship with the Word of God. I'm going to remind myself of the truth. I'm not going to let one mistake cascade into ten because I just go hide somewhere. And I think that's a really, really like that comes from a place of not only wisdom, but maturity in the sense that he knows his shame is from the enemy. Right. And he knows that God's already taken care of it. And so he knows that he can go, like it says in Hebrews, to the throne of mercy to receive grace and help in time of need. Instead of going to hide, just go back. Just go back. Just go back. Just go back. And then, of course, just 
a really good line. It cannot be stressed too much that the permanent address at which the word of God may be found is the Bible. <laughs> it's just it's so good. You want you wanna you wanna hear from God? Read your Bible. And the whole and the whole day. Bible. The whole Bible, yes. Because it turns out there's some really good stuff in the Old Testament, friends. Oh yeah. We made She Bears t shirts about it. <laughs> this is true. And hoodies. My mom wore that hoodie until there was like literally nothing left of it. She <laughs> She's like, it's the softest hoodie I've ever had. But like to the point where like it was just like falling into nothing. <laughs> Get you a new one. All right. Um, there's more pages still. Oh my god. Oh man. There's uh this whole section called practical consequences. Um, and this is it's just kind of about it's it's not like it's practical consequences, not practical tips, right? So it's this isn't, you know, things to do to hear from God. This is kind of like consequences of what happens when, you know, you do. Um, you have direct daily kingdom access, which is a whole nother thing to talk about. That's a powerful sentence. Uh, provision of confidence, comfort, and peace, knowing that God is with you, right? I'd say that should usher in some confidence and peace <laughs> for sure. You know? Um, oh, here we go. Protection from mad religionists and legalism, which is what you were talking about earlier. <laughs> he says, we all know what foolishness sometimes follows on the heels of the words, God told me. <laughs> which, you know, we call that pulling the God card, right? Well, God told me I could have three wives. Okay. Not sure why you want that, but. He he dunks on the uh, the religious leaders that didn't recognize Jesus, which is always fun to do. Um, it's quoting uh, I don't know what are we in Matthew here? I don't know. It says we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. We don't know. That is perhaps the most self damning statement they could possibly <laughs> have made. They looked at what Jesus did and said. We don't know what this person is doing. We don't know where he's coming from. We don't know that he is of God. Why didn't they know? What they were really confessing was that they did not know who God is or what his works are. In their own way, they shared Nicodemus's problem of not being able to see the kingdom of God, though they were sure that, in fact, they did. Many stand in that same place today. Oh, man. I mean, that doesn't get us all the way to the end, but it pretty much does. There is one more quote I just wanted to read, if that's okay, Dave. On the contrary, it is to be expected, given the revelation of God in Christ, that if he wants us to know something, he will be both able and willing to communicate it to us plainly, just as long as we are open and prepared by our experience to hear and obey. Which, again, summarizes this whole chapter. God is speaking. Will you hear and will you follow, right? Will you recognize it and will you have the ability to responsibly make the right judgment to follow? And that's about it. Yeah, I think it's good to, you know, I don't think it's easy just to, to, to be like, okay, I'm going to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that we need to read scripture with humility and be open to the idea of that sometimes things that we have heard our whole life or that we've been taught our whole life may not be what scripture actually says. <laughs> 
And so, yes. you know, I think it can be useful because as we talk about reading your Bible and knowing your Bible, uh, just going into it with a sense of like, God, speak to me, feel yourself to me. Um, you know, I think I've said before, and, and I've kind of haven't done this in a while, but you know, for a while there, I was, I was praying that God would show me what I had wrong that I think I have right. And, um, again, I, even as you say those things, I, I know there's people that are like, Oh, heresy and you know, all that kind of stuff that, but I, I do believe that there's a lot of things that get kind of passed on in the church that have no real foundation and, um, well, and, and, and I'll put it to you this way. I feel like there are things that I have in my prayer to unlearn some things, um, have experienced conversations where people that I respect in the faith, people that I've known for a long time, when we have those conversations will be like, I, I I'm, I'm realizing the same thing, you know, kind of that. Oh yeah. I've, I've undone that a little bit myself. And Again, uh, not looking to reinvent the wheel or create things that don't really exist, but crap does filter in, crap does get through, and I think we need to um, occasionally or regularly, I guess regularly, consistently, <laughs> ask God to, to remove that stuff that just is not of him but managed to creep in there. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because as I was reading that quote, God, show me what I have wrong that I think that I have right popped into my head multiple times. So I'm glad you brought it up because, yes, that is, that's gold, my friend. And frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> have you started listening to Christmas music at all? No. Do I look like a psychopath to you? No. I, uh, I, I, Christmas. It's music November. You can yeah. start listening to Christmas music. <laughs> we're, no, we're good. As for me and my house, we shall not. <laughs> unless, it's the, unless it's the Reliant K uh, Christmas album. There you go. Let it snow, baby. Let it rain, dear. Because <laughs> it's a good pun. Anyways, um, well, I guess that's it. Uh Per usual, we have come to a screeching halt, and uh, that's okay. Welcome to your uh, destination, the end of episode 211. We hope you've enjoyed traveling with us thus far. And, um, yeah, show notes, supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 211, or in your podcast app of choice. Tell your friends, tell your mom that this podcast is okay. That'd be great. And, uh, and tell your dad, too. Why not? Dave and I are dads. That's not relevant at all. I just thought I'd share that with you. Have a great whatever time of day it is. Bye. Farewell.